0: Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Mirror, founder of Mirror Group CPAs and Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. All right, Tyler, I think you have some questions today. I That's hope right. you do. Yeah. We're gonna be talking uh, fraud. That's right. How to prevent it specifically. Right. And in uh, maybe a little bit of kind of some case studies. Yeah, the Mirror Group Heist episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So I think I think this you know, anybody that owns a small business that can relate to this, right? They've seen the stories, and you always want to say it's the little old lady. Uh, yeah, almost
1: no, I feel like that's the stories. That I is hear. the story. It's, like the, it's the, the little the old lady. It's the,
0: yeah, it's the in-house administrative person who got tasked with bookkeeping, or maybe w- was a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Can you believe little old Jane yeah. stole seven hundred fifty thousand from us?" And I would say the answer to that is yes. Yeah. I can't believe it because it happens all the time. And so today, let's just kind of get into a discussion about how that happens, what you can do, what, what you need to look for. Um, because really, it's funny, we don't say this often, like, you know, when you, after you graduate college and go to work, most things are just experience driven. But there's one thing that comes up in, in my business when we talk, and it's always about fraud, is that goes back to something you learned in school, which is what they call professional skepticism. And okay. so in auditing, <clears throat> you're taught um, that, you never have, or I would say auditing or management of somebody's finances, you never should have the ability to have custody of the assets, be able to authorize the use of the assets, excuse me, and then have the record keeping of the assets. So let's replace assets with cash. Sure. Best example. And define
1: custody, meaning like... Yeah,
0: like you have authority over. Right. You have use of, I guess would be a better word. So like, for instance, you have the checkbook or the stack of checks. So first thing we're thinking... Maybe we don't use checks. So just kind of put that off to the side. Right. Okay. Then you have the ability to authorize the use of the assets. Maybe you have check signing authority. Again, mm-hmm. not best practice. If you also have ability to hold the checks in your desk drawer. Third thing, you have the ability to then say what the checks were for, who they were written to, what's the expense. So just think about it from a common sense perspective. And, like, take a step back. If you've given somebody the ability to Have the checks, to write the checks, and then to account for the checks. That's a lot of authority. That's a lot
1: of trust. And it's a lot of temptation, too, because I'm, I always hear these stories, and it's like you said, they, everyone's always blindsided. Like, I can't believe, yeah, Suzanne did that.
0: You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, and I will tell you the ones I've heard of, it's it's been, uh, uh, one of them is a friend of mine told me their family business. I think that they didn't press charges, but I think the lady stole 150000 Wow. Like, not insignificant sure. numbers. Not We're not talking 1300 And what happens is it always starts small, right? Yeah. And so what I would tell you is, I'll tell you what we do here. So the first thing is we got rid of checks. We have some checks, but we use a bill payment software. Before we get into yeah, that, let's get to into walk that. us through what Suzanne does. Yeah, this so here's what they do, our, what, Yeah, here's you know. what they do. Okay, so small, common. Let's, say four, let's say five person business, okay? So, you know, people are stretched thin, the owner is busy, he's out doing selling, he's out supervising, he or she, um, and he says, look, I need you to handle the books, right? That's how it starts. I'm just gotten to. I'm gotten too busy. My time's better served doing other things. I need you to just kind of handle the finances. All right. So you then say, with with handling the finances, I need you to pay the vendors, right? People send in invoices. You pay them. Okay, great. Normally, what happens there is the owner signs the checks, but then they get really busy and they say, you know, why don't we just get a stamp of my signature when I'm out of town? You can write the checks in business as usual, right? I mean, no no real kink in the line there. You can keep doing what you need to do. I'm busy. I'm out in the field, whatever it is. So um, what you see is somebody generally will start writing checks to a fictitious company. That's the one I see a lot. Okay. And it's like you start small. I mean, I would say to any of this, think how you would do it, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, honestly, just think sure. how you would do it. If you were going to steal from somebody, what would you do? Yeah. You'd... You'd put some feelers out. You'd spend three hundred dollars. Case the joint. Yeah, case the joint. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like you would think about like, okay, I'm gonna spend three hundred bucks. Let me just see. I'm gonna write am gonna write a check to an LLC that I've formed that sounds like a vendor we'd use. Maybe we are in oil and gas business, so this is like petro services LLC. I don't know. Sure. And it sounds right. And you can produce an easy little invoice and you pay them three hundred bucks and you see what happens. Next thing you, you know, time passes, you watch, you pay them 700 (laughs) bucks. You get where the store is going. Right. And because you have the ability to slide those things in an expense account that doesn't look fishy, Mm -hmm. like you put it in supplies, you put it in professional services, you, you know, so again, we're just all these things ought to be going off in your head as the owner. Like, how can I stop this? And I would also say that can be done digitally
1: just as easily. I mean, you can form a PayPal account and use a credit card to pay, you know what I mean, yourself Mm -hmm. that way, too. Yep. It could be, it could look just as legitimate.
0: Yeah. I think one thing you have to get, like, and so I I would imagine most people are thinking, okay, what, this sounds easy. Like, I get it. What could, what, what are some of the safeguards you can put in place? And I would say the first thing is, at least, even if you're not really in tune with your books, like as the owner, which you should be, at least give the impression that you are, meaning sit down with, that employee or your financial people, you know, and I'm saying financial people in a small business, it's the bookkeeper or the administrative Mm -hmm. person and say, Hey, let's go over a couple of things. Things look out of place to me. Let's look at last year comparison to this year. Let's look at last two months. Like just the, just the appearance that you're checking or how about come with a question or two every once in a while. Hey, I noticed, um, that, we're spending a lot more on supplies than we did last year. I noticed, I noticed it used to be 10% of sales, now it's 20%. Right. Let's look at that. What are we doing? It's yeah. a, you know, Those sorts of things give the impression or the atmosphere that you are checking and that you have oversight. Sure. And if you are stealing, unless you're really brazen, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm looking at the things that you probably are doing, like I'm looking at the areas where you might be committing a fraud and concealing it, it ought to at least give you a little cause for concern. Yeah.
1: I ha- have a friend of mine who, um, he used to manage Walgreens. Mm. And if you walk into a Walgreens, there's mirrors all around, like, the top, like kind of those, like, diagonal mirrors so you can see, like, down in the aisle. Right. And he was saying, like, those mirrors aren't to necessarily stop or catch um, – Catch burglars, right? It's to stop the people who are thinking about it in the moment, and then yeah. they look up and see the mirror, right? You know, he's like, if somebody wants to is like meditated to like rob a Walgreens, they'll get away with it. Yes, yeah. like I guess I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't. It, I don't know. Correct. But I'm just his point was like the that accountability of that mirror is what stops the average person who right. who didn't walk in to steal anything. But then gets like, ooh, maybe I could get away with this. It stops them in their tracks, right? And that's, that's all point. you really need to do is, I, like I was saying earlier, I don't think most people. I mean, obviously there's there's some people who are like, no, I'm like gonna apply here and then try and rob them or whatever right. it might be. Right. Obviously that happens. But most of the t- things you're describing, it's like, no, they just saw the opportunity because it was given to them. And yeah. a little accountability would have been
0: it. or little, you know? uh, Yeah, like an, an atmosphere of accountability right. or an atmosphere of oversight. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, again, I, going back to kind of what they taught us in school, which is, again, we never think we're going to use this stuff, and it always comes back, especially in this topic, is this concept of rationalization. Um and so, what happens to people in this example is they don't, most of the time, don't start off as criminals. They start off rationalizing their behavior because of what they perceive to be an injustice. They don't pay me enough. They or they pay so and so more than I should than, than me, and I should be getting paid that. Or the boss takes all. He makes a ton of money, and he's never here. Why does he get to? You know, like mm-hmm. all of the again? Yeah, it's he won't miss it <laughs> exactly. Like or. That's, you know, it's not fair that he gets to take two months off and go yeah. to the Bahamas in the summer while we're here. <laughs> and slaving still does him. his
1: accounting, though, by the uh, way, of when course. at the Bahamas. Well, of course,
0: at the beach. Yes. Yeah. But you, I mean, so it's like all the things you would think of, but like literally they taught us that in auditing. in school yeah. was like the rationalization is a heavy component of this. And so what you do is like just to kind of curb that, you've got things like you make mandatory uh, vacations. You have job cross training where I've seen this. A buddy of mine told me, and he at a hospital, he would spring on people. Hey, today you're doing so so's job and they're doing yours, like just and again, it's just to give people an air of they're watching, and this is a business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so people get comfortable, they rationalize, and then here's what happens. And so, like I said, it starts small. It starts generally with sending like writing checks or some kind of payment, whether it's digitally or not to an entity that they form, some kind of company. And they just watch it and they see what the magnitude is. What you you know I know what we do here is that every transaction or every bit of money we spend, there's thresholds associated with it. So I know like like Stephanie who I would consider like our operations manager, there's a threshold in our bill payment software for which she can send a payment. Again, we don't write checks, so that's another thing. Checks are easily gonna be stolen. Like so she can send a payment digitally but as soon as it approaches a certain threshold, I have to be, I, it cannot go through without my authorization. That's a very simple and quick method to set up. Like I, we set up that after we had a, that's a software called Routable. Once we had them, um, it was a couple clicks to set up different, and all these bill payment services are really user friendly with the if this then that kind of things like, If it's this vendor, it could be a very sensitive vendor. You could say, I don't want anybody paying them but me, the owner. And when we say paying them, we mean you get a notification that says so-and-so bill has been queued up for you to pay. And generally, there's a PDF of the bill on the screen, and you just look at it, okay, it looks legitimate, and pay. So, again, if somebody wanted to perpetrate fraud against you, they know they've got a slot of PDF through your authorization – Again, could it happen? Yes. But you're creating, to your point, the era of the glass at the top or the mirrors at the top. You're Mm -hmm. creating an era of accountability and oversight. They know they've got to get a bill into the system, that you're also checking trends, that you're going to see that bill and have to approve it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you just start to think about all the layers of protection, you can't solve everything. Somebody could, if they really want to, steal from you. I really believe that. But you can make it hard to to get away with, but you can also make it quick to catch if you are in your books. Sure. Yeah. So I would just say to any of this is put in software in place. Like I told you, we we have a threshold to which Stephanie can send a payment, but it doesn't mean the payment she's sending below the threshold I'm not seeing because our procedure of that is we have a PDF attached to every spend money in zero, what's called a spend money or bill payment transaction in zero, there's a PDF attached. Yeah. And Stephanie knows that. And so while I trust her implicitly, there's also an air of, well, I got to, if, if we're going to spend something, if I'm going to charge on the credit card, that's another one, right? Um, we hadn't talked about that. You could be using the company credit card. If I'm going to charge on the credit card, Marcus has full visibility and sees every uh, exp- um, receipt attached. Yeah. So I think it's just, those are very easy to do. Um, but, you cannot, and I can't stress this enough, you can't simply, I've made this term before, you can't delegate, you can delegate your finances to a certain extent, like the doing of them, but you can't under, you can't delegate the understanding and the oversight.
1: Yeah, so what, in the beginning you mentioned like there was like the three, like these three yep. sort of job duties, Correct. if you will. Yep. What does that look like separating those like in a digital environment?
0: Yeah, the digital. So let's just say, okay, so custody of assets. So again, if you don't have checks, you have somebody that has the ability to push the button to move money. So they have the ability to transfer money, whether that's a bank account, they have the ability to spend on a company credit card. Um, So what you would say is to that point, you would say, I need to have some check on them, whether it's uh, like, like I was telling you on the routable, that's the best example. Yeah.
1: Or like in your bank account, I know you can you can set limits. on
0: Absolutely. Can you can set you- daily limits. You can set monthly. Uh, there's all kind of different things. But just having the ability for you to set limits and dual checks, kind of like I say checks on a good word, to set like dual authorization where, look, money can't go out until so-and-so and so-and-so approve it. Yeah. So another thing to do is to bring somebody in. Now people could collude. Obviously, you could say, "Well, I'm going to bring in like my uh, my CFO." Well, if the bookkeeper and the CFO collude, yeah. then you, you know they're in on it together. But again, less likely. But what if you said, "I need three signatures or three approvals: the bookkeeper, the CFO, and the owner." Yeah. I mean, you just think about the ways you could do this. Yeah. But I, I think... guess
1: you have to balance because we're always talking about efficiency and automation. Right. And I'm hearing three signatures.
0: Man, that sounds like but the signatures, you know what it really is? It's literally clicks on a screen. Okay. Yeah. So, like that's, for me,
1: that sounds better. You know,
0: I always tell my clients if you were going to do bill payment this way, yeah, you can do it kind of on the fly as they come. But I like to do them, especially if you have a, if you're a kind of company you have a lot of vendors and you're paying accounts mm. payable. Let that build up. Let that build up, and on Friday afternoons you take thirty minutes. Yeah. I mean, w- which is not much, and literally you're just in the routable. Every bill's queued up. It's got the PDF. It's got who it's paid to, and you're just the approval. And you pay, pay, sure. pay. You know, that's it. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So that does does look a lot different than like the old school. All right. Oh, a stack of assign. checks. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, think about it too. You're not mailing checks. I mean, I, I just right. checks can be taken. I mean, I, we were talking um, Quentin and I about a business we knew where people were getting their checks and then using the banking information to create fraudulent checks and do all kind of stuff. So I think people are just moving away, although it sounds as I'm saying it like digital payments you would think would be a little more raw with like a little more like accessible for fraud. It's quite the opposite because of the restraints you can put on the movement of money and the stopping. Right. You know, like once somebody negotiates a check, like it's hard to get the money back. Like the banks paid it, it'll look good. But you can stop things in their tracks a lot better with digital or just put the safeguards in place to right. do things better. So I would just say, you know, if we're kind of taking a broad approach to this, and you're small, because I know what people think, like, man, i got a small business. Like, I don't have the ability to say you can write a check, but you have to sign it. I'm saying you as in different people. Mm. I would say just put up some safeguards with technology and let you as the owner be the gatekeeper at the end and have a coordinated, systematic way to, to tell that person, I watch this stuff, and all that right. could be is, hey, on you know the first Friday of every month, we sit down with the financials and we look at trends. And every once in a while, I say, hey, why don't we drill down on this? And you make them open up what's in office supplies, and you make and you go in your credit card and you say, hey, um, I noticed we don't have the receipts attached to this credit card transaction. It looks a little high. Yeah. Again, you're just creating that atmosphere that you check and you watch. Yeah. And that's. I would say more than half the battle. A lot of times kind of the back to your Walgreens example for the person who wants to steal from you, what you're hoping that what happens is if you can't catch it immediately, like if you can't catch it, you catch it soon enough, right before the, before the damage is done. Because again, I do think somebody can steal from you if they want to. I just, people are busy. Oversight is just that it's not detail checking of every transaction. But I do think eventually, and quickly enough, you can get it before the the horse gets out of the barn, so to speak, and before you have a real major problem on your hands.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really helpful. Just look at how money's moving in your business and make sure there's not one person who's in control of
0: that whole pipeline. (laughs) I mean, again, it is not rocket science. Like when they say, I mean, I'll go back to it, the three functions you don't want somebody to have without a check. And like, it's called segregation of duties for a reason. Custody of the assets, so ability to, to use and consume the assets. In this example, we're talking about cash.
1: So make sure uh, somebody can have access to your yeah, bank account. Absolutely.
0: But they can't do what? Have the ability to – and I would say these two a lot of times go together. So I would say in a small business, they'd be able to authorize the use of the assets. So you might – I would say you might limit that second part where you say, okay, you do have the ability to spend, mm-hmm. but I have the ability to prove before the money goes out. So that kind of two person yeah. approval. So you have the you have the ability to push the button to send the cash, but I, as the owner, have the ability to say, Nope, that, that transaction's not going through. I've set approval levels where it cannot go through. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the third thing being the reconciliation or the record keeping. So you don't want somebody to be able to send money. To, to have the have access to the money to send it and then to say what it was used for. right? I mean, basically, you let somebody cover their tracks when you do that. And that's where if you didn't, again, in a small business, a lot of people have these three. i'm 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 saying these things knowing that lots of businesses have exactly this scenario. yeah. the issue is or the or the stop to this is put yourself as the owner in there at some point. And I would say generally, it's with, Hey, we can't spend money unless there's a receipt attached to the transaction. It's a great one. You, you as the um, bookkeeper, know that I look at trends and I watch this stuff. And we, you can't spend with a bank transfer or a bill payment digitally without my approval. Right. And I think if you do those things, I think the chances of getting stolen go down dramatically. Right. Um, but again, not, yeah. not foolproof. Sure. Yeah,
1: and and like you said, with software, you can automate all of this stuff and set it up, and then just it's set up. Yeah, you don't have to; it doesn't have to be this big. Um, you know, doesn't have to like stop everything in its tracks.
0: Yeah, I would say another thing too. I was just thinking as we're talking, you know, how about no debit cards? Because debit cards are hard to get the money back when you you know debit versus a credit card. You can dispute a transaction. So, like for me, we've got American Express here. The reason I use American Express is the customer service and the ability to dispute a charge and no question. I mean, not saying no questions asked, but really cust, favorable to the customer in that example. But another thing, when somebody spends here, I get a notification. Boom. You spent $1,200 at such and such vendor. Like, again, and, they, and everybody here knows that. Like, mm-hmm. and they know I'm like big on technology, so I'm watching all this stuff. When somebody spends on the Amex, I get a notification. Right. So it's just another layer. Just be thinking to yourself, like, what are all the measures I can put in place? And also, what are the measures I can communicate? Again, casually say, hey, I saw you spend on the credit card, I got a notification. Yeah. You're not implicating anybody, but what you're doing when you say that casually while you're drinking coffee is, I'm watching. Mm-hmm. That's probably 90% of the game. Right. I'm watching. I, the owner, have oversight. I hadn't fallen asleep at the wheel. I'm watching. Sure. Yeah.
1: Good deal. I think that's a good place to, uh, to pause it for today. That's some helpful helpful info on preventing fraud in your business. And, uh, yeah, if you want some more resources, go to mir.group. All the episodes are there, and you can get in touch with Marcus from there. Set up some time on his calendar. And, yep. Uh, talk talk more account One-on-one. <laughs> that's yeah. right.
0: All right, guys. See you next time. All right. Thanks.